0: You're listening to the New Life Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're a family of believers in Anderson, Missouri that want to experience God in a real way, both inside and outside the walls of a building. For more Sunday messages, upcoming events, or to get in touch, visit new-life-church.net.
1: What we have for us this morning is this morning is that we've got... Um, We have some testimonies that are going to be shared this morning. And so we'll have some scripture between and some time to reflect. We want it to always be centered and based on God's word and who he is. But at the same time, um, hearing from one another about what God is doing in their lives, in each other's lives, can be such an encouraging thing. I know it is for me. That's one of my favorite things uh, when I get to meet somebody new and when the time is appropriate and it works out. Uh, is to hear the story, to hear about life before Christ, uh, Christ saving them, life after Christ. And so, um, last week we finished up our series on Psalm 23 about the Lord being our good shepherd. And um, these are some folks that um, that have got to experience that in unique and special ways throughout their life here recently. Uh, and so, I thought it would be a great idea. Um, this morning that we hear from them and that we could be encouraged in that. Um, So they're going to be coming up shortly to share, but uh, just as a reminder, just because it's that good, uh, would you read Psalm 23 with me one more time? Would you mind to stand while we do so? The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the paths for his name's sake. He leads me on the valley. Take care for me. Okay. amen. Thank you. It's good to hear you read that. Hmm. Hmm. First Chronicles 16.8 says, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, proclaim his deeds among the people. And that's what we will be doing this morning. Paul even recommended this to the church in Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. So this morning, we're going to start with an update from Brian Phillips and his family. Uh, He sent me a video this week, and uh, we're going to just start with hearing how things are going for them and their transition, and how we can be praying for them as well.
2: Hey, good morning, New Life Church. Uh, Brian Phillips here, and it's great to be talking to you and um, just letting you know how we're doing and uh, filling you in on how you can pray for us. So we've been here for about two months. Um, It's been really good. We're thankful to God for how the transition has gone. Um, First of all, our kids are doing well. Um, That's what everyone wants to hear about, right? The kids. Mm -hmm. And... um, They're doing well, praise God. Uh, They've made some good friends already. Uh, We have a great park by our house, and uh, they're eager to get the school year started. So thank you for praying for them, and please keep praying for them that the transition would keep on going well. Um, Work-wise, at Surge, um, I just walk, basically, down the street to get to work every morning, and uh, it's going well. It's a big job, it's hard. and there's a lot to learn, but I love it. Um, seeing all the stuff that goes into supporting, empowering, leading missionaries around the world. Um, it's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, and uh, a lot of prayers, and meetings, and phone calls, and hard decisions, and um, looking down the the road two years, and five years, and ten years, and seeing where we want to be, and where. We think God is leading us. Um, I come home every day pretty drained, but really happy and thankful for this job. So um, I, I, I love it. It's big and it's hard, but uh, I love it. Uh, Cassie and I are doing well um, personally. We're uh, think our marriage is good and healthy. Um, we're tired. Live in this um, old house that needs a lot of work everywhere you look, uh, something needs fixed or a leak needs stopped, um, or something's falling apart. But, uh, we, we're excited about the future here and making this our home. Um, we don't have air conditioning and, you know, 93 and humid, uh, can be a little draining and hard to rest. Um, so you can pray for us with that and, uh, that cooler weather would come soon. Um, and pray for us with support raising. We've got to um, keep on raising support. I would love to just focus 100% on the work and the ministry at Surge and and helping to lead the mission. Uh, but the reality is part of my job that is that i got to raise this financial support to make it happen and uh, free myself up to be a blessing uh, to the missionaries and uh, focus on that. So... Pray for us that we would trust God in this time of of waiting and asking him to take care of us and that he would also move people's hearts to give. Um, So the reality is we need to raise uh, a little bit less than $2,000 a month still. Uh, We're so grateful for all those people who have supported us and even the the folks at New Life and um, those of you who support us and pray for us. We're so grateful Um, and pray that more people would get moved to to do that. even even if people get moved to to do it at twenty five dollars a month or fifty dollars a month, uh, we are so grateful. Um, and and the other thing that we really need God to provide is um, for our deficit. Um, we since we haven't had enough financial support coming in, it's just put us in a financial deficit, and uh, we we really need generous big one time gifts. Uh, in order to get us out of the hole and in a healthy place financially. So you can imagine that that's kind of stressful uh, at times to think about that and to have fear about that. But in our best moments, we trust that God's going to take care of us. and um, in in the tough days we we get stressed about it. So you can pray for us. Um, we We believe in this job, in this calling in this ministry, and uh, we really need a team to be praying. And giving and, and, and pulling on this rope with us, because uh, we can't do it alone. So thank you for loving us and praying for us and caring. We miss you guys. We wish we could hear these testimonies from everyone this morning, um, but uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Love you all.
1: For those of you who may not know Brian and Cassie, they are uh, missionaries. Uh, they've been in Spain overseas the last five years, and God has recently called them to be a missionary to missionaries, if you will. So uh, they've moved to the home office of Surge in Philadelphia, and Brian is actually shepherding, if you will, like two to three hundred missionaries overseas. And so uh, the, what I love about that is that as we support them and pray for them, we're also in turn supporting and praying for two to three hundred missionaries. Um, and so, I love getting to be a part of their lives uh, they 're very dear friends or f- for most of us, and even family for some of us uh, they 're from this area they 're from our community, and so um, we just want to keep them in front of you guys to make sure that you keep remembering to pray for them and love on them and, and and do that and so, I heard recently that Brian and Cora might actually be here next Sunday morning so you can hug them for yourself, son. Uh, they have to come back, make a quick trip back here to. Southwest Missouri to uh, pick up a couple of more things uh, now that they're a little bit more settled up there. So uh, next Sunday, uh, you you'll want to be able to give him a hug or slap him on the side of the shoulder or, or you know I don't know whatever you do with Brian but uh, uh, appropriate. Uh, let's keep it appropriate. So <laughs> Althea, would you mind to come on up? Althea's going to just share with us a little bit about how God's been a good shepherd to her as of late and some things that she's been working through. Let me make sure this is fired up for you.
3: Thank you. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Um, I'm a little bit nervous, so you'll have to forgive me. Um, So about a year ago, uh, the car that I had decided to die. It had about 295,000 miles on it, so I guess it was time. Um, So I was in need of a car, a vehicle, So after some praying and looking around, um, I found a vehicle, um, and I really like it. Um, It's an SUV, and and so I can carry my groceries and different things in it. So then a couple, I don't know, a few months after I got it, um, started noticing some problems with it, and... um, especially going uphill, so if I live on off of F Highway, so you know there's an incline going up the hill, and it would just go slower and slower. It never stopped, but it was tough getting up that hill. And then <clears throat> last December, I went to uh, Branson to hang out with my sister and her husband, and it was okay going because it was mostly downhill, but coming back, every hill was like I could only go like 30 miles an hour. So uh, I realized I don't want to be traveling any hills if I don't have to, but I had to go up F Highway every day. So after a while, um, a, friend, a, a friend of mine at work, one of my supervisors, said, why don't you take it to the dealership where I go to and see what they can do for you. So I took it in. Um, dealership's not a good place to take a used car. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> they, they would prefer that you buy a new car. Uh, so they gave me a quote of like four thousand dollars and I'm like I can't pay that much to get this vehicle fixed so I was getting myself resigned to the fact that I'm going to have to get another vehicle Um, and I really honestly had I believed that the Lord this is the Lord the car that God wanted me to have so I just kept thinking about it and praying about it and then another lady at work another supervisor said look Take your car to Midas in Bentonville. Um, I know them. Um, they're reliable. They're trustworthy. Um, and he will do everything he needs to do to get your vehicle running. So I took it there, and uh, the, the manager, Kevin, uh, they looked at my car, and he said it would be about $1,800. And still, $1,800 is a lot of money. But I said, go ahead. Let's go ahead and fix it. So he... Um, did some work on it, and I went up to pay for it, and the guy said it's $965, and I said, how much is it? <laughs> and he said $965. And I said, okay, I can handle that. <laughs> so I wrote out the check. Well, still had problems. So, And he said, Kevin said, you have any problems, bring it back. So I took it back. So they had put one new fuel pump on it, which the dealership said I needed a new gas tank, I needed new gas lines, you know, all this kind of stuff. So he he said, well, it's a fuel pump, so we put a new fuel pump on it. Well, something was wrong with that one, so they put another fuel pump on it. And um, I think that was the time I was coming home, and I stopped at Walmart to get gas, and uh, I couldn't get it started. So... um, He came to Walmart and got it started, and he said, I think I know what's wrong with it. I was going to clean something out, and I I just overlooked it, and he said, I think this will fix it. So got home, made it home fine. Wouldn't start the next morning. (laughs) Would not start. So I got it towed back to Midas. He put another fuel pump on it. And um, so then, you know, still having problems with it. I mean, it's just not. Well, what he figured out was it needed a factory fuel pump, not just any fuel pump. So he put that on it, ran great. I mean, I haven't had any problems with it since then. He did a few other things. Everything he did after that initial $900, he never charged me another penny, not a penny. And every time I said, are you sure? And he said, yes, he said, I, my heart is with the customers, you know, I care about my customers, and I want them to be satisfied, and I will do whatever I need to do to satisfy the customer, and he, the last time he had my car, he kept it for like a week, and God bless Nancy May, (laughs) she gave me her vehicle to drive, um, and so I drove that, and, um, made it, you know, until he, and he told me, he said, I'm not giving you this vehicle back until, because I called him, I said, I have a vehicle to drive, you can keep it as long as you need to, and he said, good, that takes the pressure off, I can get it fixed right, and he, he said, I will not, and his other mechanic, who also worked on my car, said, I prayed over your car, <laughs> and I said, well, thank you, I appreciate that. So, you know, God was good, and um, prior to that, um, I was coming home from work one day, and, and this lady was walking down the road, and she had an obvious limp to her walk. And I was kind of watching her, and she had two or three bags, and she was would put one bag down and um, go to, you know, walk up a little bit, and then she'd go back and get that bag. So she was taking her, walking back and forth down the highway. So I just... Drove past her, and I thought I've got to go back and see if she needs a ride somewhere. What What does she need? So, I stopped and um, I said, "Can I give you a ride someplace?" Uh, I live in Anderson, so the next you know, the next exit I get off, there's a, a like a quick stop there. And um, so she said, "Okay." So she got in the car, and we got to Stangs, and um, I said, "Look." Um, I'm not it's Friday I'm not doing anything she said she wanted to go to Carthage and I said I'm not doing anything tonight I can I, I just need to go home take care of my animals and I can come back and I can give you a ride to Carthage and so she stayed there and waited for me and so I went home and I came back and I sat down with her and I kid you not we talked for like three hours so, you know, I talked a little bit about my faith and, you know, how it's not just about asking God into your heart. It's about having a relationship with him. That's, that's what really matters. And um, she was a very um, sweet lady, um, intelligent. Um, I didn't ask her why she was homeless. She wouldn't tell me her name. Um, just told me that she wanted to get to North Dakota. Um, to, that was her goal, to get to North Dakota to, to um, see her sons. And um, so after three hours, I'm like, I don't want to drive to Carthage. It's like 8 o'clock. I said, I'll tell you what. God has blessed me right now. I can afford to put you up in the motel next door for the night. And you can get some rest. And then we can go to Carthage in the morning. And after, she was very reluctant to take anything. I mean, she was, I asked her if she wanted to get something to eat, and she said, no, I'm good. And, but she finally said, okay, I'll, you know, we can do that. So we went over to the hotel. It just happened that Ty was working. She, I didn't even know she was back from Alaska. She said, I can give you a discount. I said, okay, that works. <laughs> so she, um, I put her, we put her in a room, I, a couple times I tried to hug her, and she said, no, I don't want you to hug me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Um, so the next morning I went and got her, and, and we drove up to Carthage. And her thing is she likes to stay stop at either Walmarts or McDonald's. So I ended up taking her to the McDonald's in Carthage. And again, I tried to hug her, and she said no. She um, went... Ty asked her name because she has to have a name for a record. She said her name was Ann, and I knew as soon as she said it that that was not her name. (laughs) She just was very reluctant to share, uh, although she did talk with me for three hours. Um, So me being naive, I guess, or just really wanting to do something for this lady, I went home, and I found this old duffel bag I had, and I filled it with stuff, food and different things, and... I had a jacket it was cold it was cold and she just had a light jacket on and so I found a jacket that I didn't need anymore and so I took that and tried to she wouldn't take any of it nothing she said i have enough to carry i don't need i don't need another jacket to wash um i just you know i'm good she took i took a package of uh pretzel and cheese cheese st- or pretzel sticks and cheese and she said "I'll get a package of six, and she would only take two I mean she was just uh she was an interesting lady, to say the least, and you know God really impressed on me that it doesn't matter what people's circumstances are, you know um, sometimes people just need a hand, and um when I left her, I had written out a on a postcard um I told her, uh, I said, my group that I lead will will be praying for you. And I wrote a verse on there, and I honestly don't even remember what it is right now, but I wrote a Bible verse on there. She was very grateful for that. She said, I will keep this. Um, And, you know, it's just when we, the money I had that I ended up putting in my car and Paying for this hotel and stuff was supposed to be money. I was going to do work on my house. Well, Dan was able to put a new shower in my bathtub because for whatever reason, the bathtub in my house did not have a shower and i 'm not a big on taking baths but for eight, and there but there was a shower in my house, but it was in the back of the house, and it was an old shower, and you know it got where the faucets weren 't working and it was leaking all the time and so I'm like, I need to have a new shower put in. So Dan did that. Um, that was the only thing we were able to get done. But that's okay. It's just a house. It's just, you know, it's it's a place to rest. And um, I have what I need. I have what I need. And um, we need to be conscious of the people around us. We just finished today our study on Jonah. And I don't know... If anybody really understands what the story of Jonah is about, it's not about Jonah and a whale. <laughs> it's about Jonah and his reluctance to go and talk to the, tell the people of Nineveh that they needed God. He hated Nineveh. He hated the people of Nineveh, and he did not want to go. But God made him do it, <laughs> basically. I mean, he arranged for the fish to rescue him. Um And he arranged for- no, for jonah to to go to Nineveh, and jonah didn 't even get up and preach or really talk to it. he just went through the streets and said god 's going to condemn you if you don 't repent and how it was ninety days or you know however much time it was and the Ninevites totally accepted what God had to offer them i mean they just they didn't even hesitate. They didn't think about it. They just accepted. And even at the end of the story, Jonah is still. We don't know if Jonah really accepted God's grace and what God was doing for him because he was he his hatred was stronger than his willingness to be obedient to God. And you know, we have to look past our own feelings about homeless people or anybody, you know, um, and say, what can I do? What small thing can I do? What, what, what am I able to do to help someone else? And I'm just feel that I know that God has blessed my life and, um, I'm just thankful for everything he's provided for me. And, you know, the, the name of the lesson was, um, interruptions and, um, or the book that we did. Um, and you know, these things that have happened with my vehicle, they're just interruptions, you know, and God's teaching me things along the way. And that's the purpose. We can't look at the things that happen in our life as God doesn't care about us. He's, he's not wanting to help us. Um, he, he's there every moment. For everything we do, every decision we make, God's there if we invite him to help us. And if we ask for his help, and if we see our life as part of his plan, no matter what, you know, we're all important to him. And everything we do is important to him. Even if we think it's insignificant and it doesn't matter, God knows, and God is part of it regardless. So... That's what I wanted to share.
1: Thank you. Thank you, you, Althea. I love how God cares even about our cars. (laughs) Something that's so trivial as a part of the world, but how he can use that to expand our faith, use it to set up a divine appointment with a lady who needed an extra hand, Uh, And again, it's just about us being willing, us showing up, being willing. And who knows what seeds could be planted that God could use to grow in and through that. Uh, Just continuing on this theme, uh, the story of Mark 5 where Jesus and the disciples were on one side of the Sea of Galilee and then they cross it and that's when the storm comes and Jesus is exhausted from ministry. He's resting in the front of the boat, sleeping. He needed rest too, just like we do. And the disciples, of course, are freaking out. The storm, we're going to die. Lord, don't you care? And Jesus stands up and it says that he rebukes the wind and the waves. And they obey him. And, of course, that just blew the disciples' minds. And, and they finished going across the lake. And I don't know how long it took to get across the, or the sea. I don't know exactly how long it took to get across. But uh, they get out of the boat. And immediately get out of the boat. You know, they're feeling a little weary. You know? Uh... Holy cow, we almost just died. Jesus just blew our minds. The wind and the waves obeyed him. And then they step out and a demon-possessed man immediately, it says it immediately, met them. And this was not just any demon-possessed man. He was a man that had been literally restrained with chains and broke them because of the demons inside of him. And Jesus heals him, sends the demons into the pig's, Let's find out that the demon's name was Legion, for there were many. It wasn't just one. And Jesus healed him. You know, all the pigs run off a cliff, if you remember the story. And the locals show up. And and the man is sitting in his right mind, fully clothed, at Jesus' feet. Think about that for a second. When God shows up and he heals, when he provides... Do we take that time to sit at his feet? Thank him and praise him. And so I hope that that's part of what this morning is and picking the story up in verse 18. It says that he, as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been, de- Jesus was leaving, getting back in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him earnestly that he might remain with him. Jesus did not let him, but told him, go home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. So he went out and began to proclaim in the decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and they were all amazed. See, when we share what Jesus has done for us, whether it's a car, whether it's the next stories that we might hear, whether it's God in process of providing for the Phillips. They don't even have the final, hey, it's provided for right now, as they are trusting that God will provide as they have obeyed his calling in their life. This is what we should do, is share this with each other. And so it doesn't mean that we always do this up front like this on a Sunday morning together, but we certainly shouldn't hesitate to share the great things that God does for us on a regular daily basis in our lives. So Nancy May, would you mind to come up? You might need to add to yours since we didn't know that you let Althea borrow your car for a couple weeks.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Good morning. Um, I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad I have this church family. This church family means very, very much to me. And I thank you all for your prayers, these past um, years with Leon's illness. So that's where I'm going to pick up right now. And please forgive me if I get emotional. Leon died this year on Memorial Weekend on May the 28th. But I want to tell you what God has done for us. God gave Leon energy and strength Memorial Weekend to enjoy his children and their families. Up until then, he hadn't had any energy. I was driving him around. I was helping him walk. But that weekend, he was able to drive his own golf cart. He was able to enjoy the kids. And I thank the Lord for that. But as I got home from church that Sunday, he was coming up off of the river in his golf cart. I looked at him and I knew something terribly, terribly was wrong. I took him to Villa Bissa, the ER. Then they had to transfer him to Rogers Hospital. As he was there, he took a fall and fell and hit his head. And he had a brain bleed. So then they took us to Joplin Hospital And that's where they, for treatment for that. After Leon fell at Joplin or at Rogers, I said to him, everything's going to be okay. And Leon looked at me and he said, not this time. I said to him, I says, then we're going to take every minute that God gives us and we're going to thank him for it. When I left Rogers, I stayed in the parking lot and I prayed. I thanked God for every time that he allowed Leon to be with me. Then I prayed, God, if it's your will that you're going to take him home soon, I ask that you do not let him suffer. I ask that you take him quickly and above everything else. I ask that you assure him that he is going to be in heaven with you. When I got to Joplin, they informed us that he was septic. I knew that we did not have very much time left together. So I called the children, and the children called their families because it was Memorial Weekend. All the children were home. They came home for the weekend. That was our tradition. They always came home for Memorial Weekend. We were all able to say our goodbyes to Leon, and Leon was surrounded by family and by friends. (laughs) Through all of this, God supplied me with his strength So I can stay strong for Leon and the family. God supplied me with scriptures that came to my mind from the Bible. Exactly what I needed at that particular time. And he supplied me with the comfort that I needed to be able to endure this. God loves me and he loves all of you so very, very much. He knows what we need before we even know what we need ourselves. God works out every small and large detail exactly at the time that it needs to be worked out. God's timing is perfect, always. God allowed Leon the strength to enjoy his family. He allowed the time that we could say goodbye to him. And he allowed all the grandchildren to be able to pack up their camping supplies and get to the hospital so they could say goodbye to to Grandpa. I feel and I know that God is carrying me in the palm of his hand. I feel peace. I feel comfort. And I know That anything and everything that will happen, God is walking with me and taking care of it all, and I'm gonna be okay. I don't have to walk this path alone because God is with me. He supplies me with everything I need, He is my strength. And he is my salvation. And I know, I know that I will see Leon again. And I know I will live eternally with Jesus Christ in heaven forever and ever. Thank you.
1: same shepherd who cares about our cars, cares about our significant and huge losses. I'd like to pray 1 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Amen. You see, what Nancy didn't share is that I also know that since that time, she has been reaching out specifically to two different ladies and loving on them. And you go, she has every reason and every right to just hold up for a while, absolutely. But she can't help but want to comfort others going through hard times because of what God is doing for her and through her. First John 5, 4 says, Because everyone who has been born of God conquers this world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith our faith in Jesus Christ. Our last testimony this morning, Nick and Katie, if you guys would come up.
4: Good morning everybody. I'm a little bit nervous, so I think we're just going to share a little bit um, of what god's been doing the last seven months um i'm trying not to cry <laughs> i think i'm gonna let nick go first because we both experienced um things a little bit differently and have different feel like god's shown us a couple different things so you to go Sure.
5: good morning everybody um as katie said uh just kind of build off what she was starting with a couple of years ago we started doing foster care i think it was three years ago we started our training and um I'll be the first to say, I was like, I am so selfish. I don't care to help anybody. I mean, really rough exterior. Um, but God started working on me. He started really saying, um, you can, uh, sorry. Um, he started just really working on me and saying, I could I could be that somebody. I could be that, I could fill in that gap for a child. I could, um, he said, you know, I was reminded we, uh, we're supposed to take the orphans in. We're supposed to help them. Uh, we are it's a calling for us. Um, so that really just started working on me, and then I started um, as I stopped doing what I wanted to do and kind of started following the path that God was giving me, uh, giving our family. I started to just feel this overwhelming power of happiness. I became a better person. I feel like a better husband, a better dad. Um, just in that that time frame of three years up until the last seven months when we had this little boy with us uh, named CJ, as many of you know him, Um, he changed our lives even more um, than it had before, and probably more than will ever be changed again, or if not, um, until, oh, sorry, I'm just a little nervous myself, but yeah, he really changed our lives, and he helped us become stronger, uh, love God more, and be quicker to forgiveness I think is the biggest one that he really helped us with so I'm gonna go back to Katie.
4: okay so I'm more of the talker yeah and I don't have an outline I tried to write one and I just I I'm just gonna say what's on my heart um so I knew from a long time ago when I was little people would say what do you want to do when you grow up and I said I just want to be a mama um I was nine years old, and I went to a birthday party, and um, my friend, there were extra kids living with them, and I'm like, who are these kids? And he said, we do foster care, and these are my foster foster sister, and I've actually seen one of them end up getting adopted, and she, it's really neat to watch. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, when we were engaged, I talked to him about it, and he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> anyway, moved down the line. We had been married two years, and we just prayed, God, we We want a child, we want to raise kids together, and for whatever reason, um, we just haven't been able to conceive naturally, which is okay. We're just going to trust God with that. So I thought, God, I know this is what's going to happen. We need to do foster care, because you're going to give us a baby, we're going to pick it up from the hospital, we're going to adopt it, we'll close our home and we'll be done. Well, (laughs) three years later, we've had um, 13 kids in our home, Um, and they've all blessed us. A lot of them have just been for the weekend. So in December, December 12th, I got a phone call. I was actually driving home to go get Bentley from school. And um, I had just been told that I could start this new fertility treatment. And I'm like, God, you're so good. Like, This is going to be great. Next year at this time, we're going to have a baby. Well, 30 minutes after that, my phone rings. She's like, hey, we've got this little boy. He's asleep in my office. He's four years old. He's absolutely filthy. He hasn't said a word, so he might be nonverbal. Would you guys be willing to take him? It might be for a couple days. It might be for a couple weeks. And I'm like, yes. And I call Nick. And I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I just agreed to take this little boy. And he's going to be here in an hour. And uh, that's fine. He's always, he doesn't care. Um, (laughs) So anyway, um, what I didn't know was when that little boy showed up, Uh, I brought this. This is what he came with. Um, It's just a little brown paper bag. And I actually kept it, and all of the stuff that's in it, um, it's all used. Stuff that had been just donated to the office. There's a little, um, like a little wooden car. So this is what he came with, um, and a pair of shorts. I keep this as a reminder, because we had him for seven months, and we've had all kinds of issues. He's rotten, and I'm sure most of you have met him. He, he's so precious. Um, he has had a rough life. He, we had troubles with hoarding food under his bed. He was worried if he was going to eat. And you know, we worked through that, and we came a really long way. Um, so we had planned a vacation. Most of you know we go to North Carolina. We were go, planning on going in July. So I had asked, we've got this vacation planned. Is there any way we could take him with us? And she, that was back in what April or May. She's like, of course, you can. You know, that's great, whatever. So three weeks before vacation, we had our routine visit with our caseworker, and she said, listen, mom's not getting our stuff together, which we love her. We, we've had the chance to meet her and hug her and tell her how much we love and care for her, which is just another awesome thing that God's done. Um, but she said, there's a chance that you guys might get to adopt this boy. And we both were just like, we felt like an answered prayer, like, God, thank you. We've been praying for a child for so long like thank you so much well a week after well the Monday we came home from vacation I get a call from his caseworker and she leaves a voicemail and says "Um, I need to talk to you call me back when you can and I'm at work and I'm like okay I run back and call her and she doesn't answer and I just knew something something had happened Um, she said while you guys were on vacation um, A lot of stuff happened. He has two older sisters that were in a different home. Um, They ended up moving in with an aunt who wants wants CJ as well. And I was just like, are you serious? Like, this is my boy. Like, I love him. How how am I going to do this? How am I going to say goodbye? She said, I can come get him tonight, or I can give you guys two weeks. And I'm like, please, two weeks, whatever we can get. And so um, I think the first week I was really bitter, and I was really – kind of questioning, like, God, how? Like, why? You know? And then I'm like, wait, I'm an idiot. I signed up for this. I knew this was part of the, the thing that you do with foster care, but this little boy was just so special, and now I know why. Um, two weeks into having him, I think it takes time to attach to these children, and I just felt this overwhelming love for him, and I had put him to bed. He had, had a major tantrum that night, put him to bed. Bentley was asleep. Nick was out of town, and I Was just like beside myself. And I'm like, God, how am I gonna say goodbye to this boy? Because to me, like, he is just part of our family. How am I gonna do it? And I've never more clearly heard God say, when the time comes to say goodbye, I'm gonna give you the strength that you need to do so. And I'm gonna take care of him. Um, Which Dee so kindly reminded me um, a few days after we found out he was leaving, you know. Sometimes you just have to trust that God's going to take care of this child. So I did trust that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to surrender this to God. I'm devastated, but I know that God has a plan. Well, a week after we found out he was leaving, before he moved, I decided to reach out to his aunt. I knew there was probably no chance of us having a relationship. I'm sure she kind of felt a little awkward, but I just texted her. And I introduced myself and said, we love this boy so much. Um, we're so happy he gets to be with you and with his sisters. Um, but we're going to miss him so terribly. Uh, I don't know. She was so sweet back. She thanked me for watching him. She promised me that we would get to be a part of his life. Um, so we just kind of prepared for the day to say goodbye. We had a little party. We explained to him, you know, we're still going to try and see you if we can. And, uh, We packed his things up on July 30th. Yeah, July 30th. Packed all of his belongings. um, And that's when I came across this, which I had put (laughs) under a crib that we have in his room. Um, And I just... I had never taken anything out of this because I didn't feel like we needed to. And God just reminded me, like, this is where he started. And we're going to watch. And he's got a story written out for him that's far better than we could imagine. Um, So as we're driving it starts pouring. We're loading stuff up, but it just starts pouring, and I just felt, I didn't cry. I just felt peace, but also I felt like God. The rain to me, Nick said, do you ever feel like when it rains, like God feels our sorrow? Do you think that he just feels this? And I'm like, I totally do. Um, I said, but you know, we've done what we're supposed to do, and we're going to say goodbye, and we're going to give ourselves a pat on the back, and we're going to move on. The second we, uh, drove him, we got to take him to his new home, Um, we turned a corner, and the second we saw his house, Nick, he and I both looked at each other, goosebumps, like, it was just, like, I felt God say, here's his home, I told you I'm going to take care of him, like, this is where he's supposed to be, and we were like, this is his home, Um, we were able to drop him off, and unload all of his stuff, and give him hugs, and I was a little worried if we'd get to see him again, but, since then, it's been almost three weeks. We have um, been able to form a great relationship with his aunt and uncle. Um, his sisters, they hugged me, and I just feel so, I don't know. They didn't have to go out of their way, but because God is who he is, and he promised me something, and now he's proven it to me, he's like, you see, Katie, I've, I've had it all figured out this whole time, um, last week i'm sure some of you guys saw him he was here we got to actually go and get him and take him and let him stay the night with us he's getting ready to start school and i just looking back on the last seven months they've been so hard and i felt so alone but when i took that and we surrendered to god and just trusted god with this sweet boy he's just gone above and beyond what he even had to do to show us um how much he cares for him and how much he cares for us and uh that's kind of what we wanted to share, just how awesome God is. So.
1: There are boxes of tissues at various places under the chairs. If you're like me and you need one, uh, just take a look around. Don't be afraid to ask for one to get passed down to you. Um, what, what a powerful God we serve. A God who loves us so deeply, loves the people that we might divinely run into on the side of the road, the people that we have lived with and loved and served, who have already gone home, and how He provides the love and comfort we need to the, to the little kiddos He can bring into our lives, that we get to be uh, filling the gap, like Nick said, uh, for a season, and, uh, and how God can provide beyond that. Um, uh, so powerful. I mean, you guys know a lot of our story, so that, that one was getting me. Uh, we had to say goodbye to some of those kids in our journey as well, and so um, we know. <laughs> we know that, uh, and God knows it even deeper. God knows that even deeper, and that's, that's just something that I want us to all walk away from here. This morning, You see, there's not, there's not a what that allowed each one of these testimonies that we heard this morning. There's not a what that helped them through this, and that will continue. There's a who. Jesus Christ. And so I hope and pray that this morning it was a reminder for you in that. That Jesus is there for each one of us. And those of you who know him maybe. Maybe you lost sight of that for a season or time. And it's him reminding you hey, I'm still here. I'm still just like the painting. I'm still out front. I'm still leading. It's you that's wandered off a little bit. So, would would you move back up through the flock? instead of being on the outskirts or at the back? Is there some business you've got to do with him? Thanking him for always being faithful and always being true. See, he's the one who's unchanging. We're the ones that change. Maybe you're like, how do these people even do it? I can't even comprehend it. It's because of who that they can. It's because of who they can stand up here and say that I have done some of the hardest things here recently in my life and it's going to be okay. Because of who? And he is there for each one of us and he is there for you. And so I can't, I can't conclude our time this morning without asking you, would you be willing to begin a relationship with Jesus? Would you be willing to accept his grace and love for you? His desire to help you through whatever it is you have gone through, whatever it is you are going through. It's simple. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. As Althea said, it's a Lord it's you it's not me it's my sin that you've paid for and I need you and it's that and honestly it's that most every days we've talked about that in here before how we've got to kind of keep preaching that gospel to ourselves every day as a reminder as we get into the mundane of life, and all of a sudden we can easily forget. I just want to give you a few minutes—not not too many minutes, just a just a moment or two, if you would. Would you guys mind to just dim the lights down a little bit and just just like for you guys to have a moment, just to praise him, thank him, do some business with him. Cry out to Him wherever you're at. Just because our time's up here this morning doesn't mean your time with Him is done. Continue it. Continue it on into this afternoon. Continue it on into this week. Invite Him in to be a part of your work day tomorrow, your school day, your evening together as a family. Your thought life. I'd like to close in praying this passage out of Hebrews 10 for us. Lord Jesus, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering since he who promised is faithful. Father, that is you. Lord, let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together the some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as we see your day approaching. And in that we, we say amen and pray, Lord Jesus, come. Lord Jesus, come. Amen.